Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual neurolinguistic programming and cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one session in both French or English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550 and our website can be found at lifecoachdanamzalag.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our second episode of season 20, a very special guest and intuitive coach, Raman Hari. And just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Raman, the floor is yours. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, so my name's Raman. I work as an intuitive coach. I've been doing this for the past five years. Um, and I really help people live from a place of profound peace, inner power, and purpose. That's that's my purpose. Um, beyond that, I am living on Vancouver Island. Um, I love lots of things. I love getting creative. I love the movie La La Land, which uh-huh. Dr. Dan has a little picture of behind him. And I, I'm not mentioning that until now. I uh, love that movie. Just rewatched it again for like the 17th time a week ago. Um, yes, I'm a lover of all things nature and um, inspiring movies and all sorts of things. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it is my pleasure, Aman. So um, I'm sure that a lot of uh, people, listeners in our podcast are always wondering, okay, well, I need a coach. I'm not sure if it has to be a life coach. Uh, Well, business coach is quite obvious. It's for their business reason. But tell me a little bit more about what does an intuitive coach mean? I mean, if you look at the word and, and most people say, okay, he has or she has intuition. But how does that help them in figuring out what their problem is? Yeah. So intuitive coaching is quite deep. Um, I'm not the kind of coach you come to if you just want me to give you a worksheet (laughs) and then walk away. Um, So I've been trained in intuition. Before I took my training to become an intuitive coach, I didn't know that I had this skill of intuition. It is a skill. So every single person is intuitive. Um, And the reason this is so powerful with coaching is because I'm able to sort of feel what's going on for my client deeper than what they're just saying. I can actually feel in their body where certain blocks might be, where certain, you know, emotional traumas or certain experiences that they've had in the past are affecting them today and stopping them from moving forward. So that's the first part. I can really feel what's going on. And then the wild thing is, so we're all intuitive. All of our intuitive voices are saying the same thing. So if I'm sitting in front of a client and their intuition is saying, actually, instead of, you know, focusing so hard on my business and moving forward and going crazy with that, my intuition's been telling me that I need, that I need to slow down. And so all have the same intuitive guidance. Like all of our intuitive voices are connected. And so it's so powerful because it's going beyond what we think we need for ourselves and it's going straight to the root of it. And that's what I love so much. So, I mean, obviously, every case-by-case case scenario is different. Everyone uh, suffers from different predicaments that stops them from reaching their goals at all. So uh, what kind of process do you use for most of your clients when it comes to going deep and taking that big shovel and finding exactly their inner issue or inner troubles that they have? 
Yeah. So I actually have a specific process that I use. I call it the body scan process. It's quite deep. Um, a lot of what we're battling with, I've, I've really been thinking about this lately, actually. The thing that's stopping us from moving forward is our body. It is not our, um, like our mind is like, oh, I want to do that thing. But it's our body. It's like our emotion. It's our feeling that's stopping us when we are you know, in a place of fear, we're feeling it in our body and, and our nervous system is what's sort of, you know, feeling dysregulated. So a lot of that work, the body scan process specifically is about going into our body, locating where the actual fear is, locating where the frustration is, the embarrassment, whatever it is, and tuning into that. And then, um, I ask a series of questions, you know, helping people get in tune with, okay, what is the color of it? What's the texture of it? Um, and then as we kind of feel into it, it actually releases. Mm -hmm. And once it releases, then we can hear that inner voice, that inner guidance, that intuition. But then, okay, so if let's say you look at the stress level that causes people to um, not move forward because of fear of failure, um, mm -hmm if they have an overproduction of cortisol and all this becomes something that is a repeated pattern. Now you cannot like stop them from not feeling the stress. If it's mm -hmm. people, then the mind will follow. Or if it's the mind, the body will follow. So if they both, both work in synergy, where is the one that you're going to focus the most on the mind or the body? I usually go straight for the body. Yeah. I found that we can try to think our way out of it, um, but it's the body that's feeling the fear. If there was no fear in the body, if there was no actual feeling, then there would be a lot less resistance to moving forward. And so I usually go straight for the body. Um, now, the thing is, of course, it's the mind-body connection, right? We've all heard of it. So um, we do want to work on the mind as well. And a lot of people who are afraid of failure, there's like so many layers to it, right? I'm afraid that I'm going to embarrass myself if I put myself out there. So instead of it just being like this abstract failure thing, it's all these feelings that we have, these um, you know, we're future tripping <laughs> in our body. It's like embarrassment. It's the idea that, well, if I do that, then maybe that person will be mad at me, or maybe I will be rejected from, you know, my friend group if I show up as I am authentically or whatever it is. So it's, it's so much deeper than just like fear of failure. Cause it's, it's, it, there's so many layers to it. So yeah, body is important, but so is the mind. It's both. And I think, you know what, if let's say, I'm not sure if you're going to agree or not, Roman, but I think social media had had such a huge impact in that fear of failure because people have the tendency, and I think this is human nature or human condition, whatever it is, to be able to always speak out about their goals, their dreams, their project, whatever it is. Then you have people encouraging them. Then they fail in that uh, specific goal, whatever it is. And then is that failure of embarrassment or whatever it is, or that fear of embarrassment that stops them from wanting to move forward or doing anything. So if the fact of not divulging their goals or their dreams and keeping it for themselves, and I call it a life ninja, no one really see you coming. Okay. And that in itself, if you don't tell to anyone your dreams, then if you do fail, you do fail alone. No one knows around you what's going on. So the fear of embarrassment is completely gone. Mm, I, uh, I agree, 
But I also, I've, I've done both of these things. I've done the thing where I tell everyone, uh, this is what I'm doing. But what I find is, you know, beyond the fear of embarrassment that comes up around telling people, I find that when I tell people what I'm doing, I'm less likely to actually do the thing because I feel like my brain gets the reward of telling people the dopamine, right? My brain gets that reward of, oh, I've already told people. So your brain almost <laughs> thinks like I've already done the thing. So it's like, we've all talked to people who have a million ideas and they're telling you their ideas and they never take action. And I think it's because there's, they're already getting the reward. But do you think because it's forced accountability? It can be forced accountability. Yeah. So I I think it's important if you're going to tell people, tell the right people. Okay. Tell the people who are, even if you fall down, they're not going to see you differently. That's hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. And unfortunately, because like, like I said, people who see you succeed, for them, they consider it as their own personal failure. Because they will say, well, look at this person. They succeeded and I'm left behind. So that mm -hmm. will damage indirectly more people. And that's why it's always kind of like a process that people feel like if I'm telling something to someone, do I trust them enough that I will not be judged if any external circumstances doesn't allow me to move forward? Mm, yeah, I get that. I do get that. I think I've been very, very blessed. Um, I have an amazing mom. So I will tell her, you know, this is my goal. And, and I will, I I know that she won't feel threatened by it or anything because she's living her best life, right? Yeah, she's, yeah. Mama. <laughs> she's my mama, right? She's my mama bear. Um, but also, I... What I like to do, and I think it's so different for everyone, but I personally, I like to just do my thing, right? I like to focus on taking action and um, taking one step at a time. I think I heard this thing the other day, which I loved, which is every step is the destination. Every step is the destination. And this helps me because we get so caught up in like, I need to get there, right? Or, or else, or I will, I need to get there and then I'll be happy. Right. Talking about the happiness journey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really like every single step is, is the destination. And that really helped me because you're focused less about what you're going to get at the end of the day. Um, and you're really focused on, you know, what actions can I take? And yeah, whether you tell people or not, um, it comes down to, you got to take action and, if you do end up shining and people feel attacked, like that's a part of their journey as well. You know, I've in the past looked at people and been like, oh my God, I could do that. I want to do that. How do I do that? Mm. Um, and so it's it's a journey for everyone, whether you're on the receiving end of whatever success it is or the people who are watching. But then do you think, uh, Raman, if people, as you mentioned, every step is a destination, but then people stop living the journey. That's why it's called the happiness journey and not the happiness destination. Mm. Because people will look at, if I have too much of a goal, which is the destination, but then when people do reach this, this, this destination, they ask, always ask themselves those two words, what's next? Mm -hmm. The time that it took for them to reach destination, they forgot to live their journey. Mm. And before they know it, their life has passed by. They never really enjoyed it. So what's the point? Mm. I think that's why it's so important. Every time I'm writing down a list of the things that I want in my life, the first thing I write down is how I, how do I want to feel? 
And if we don't take into account, how do I want to feel? Then what, then what is the point, right? Like what's actually going to make me happy? When's the last time someone asked you, are you happy? Very rare. <laughs> yeah. And so I, for me, I, I always. Subjective. What makes you happy is different than what mm. makes you happy. So then it's very yeah. customized to each and every individual. If someone has like cancer, for them to be happy, we'll have to be in remission. But for us, we don't feel the same because we're not dealing with this predicament. So again, if let's say someone asks me what makes me happy, the answer will be completely different of what makes you happy. So again, how do you differentiate? So if let's say someone tells you what makes me happy, then you focus on the journey to happiness or the destination. I think happiness is in the journey a hundred percent. And so that, that but back to that quote, every step, the destination is in every step. That quote is kind of like tricking you a little bit mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's making you focus on the journey, right? Um, but it really is about the journey. The thing is, I find that if we don't have any goals, like that's where the sweet spot is. You have to find that sweet spot of having goals, moving forward towards something that you're really passionate about, um, but then also enjoying the journey. I think both are so important um, because, you know, a lot of the time when we don't have any, um, we don't have like a reason for showing up, then that can, that can get us too. So there's a sweet spot. Yeah. You know, there was an interesting point that you just said there, Roman. There was a an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay, I'm not sure if you know him or not, um, mm -hmm. cosmologist or uh, astrophysicist. And um, he said that if, let's say, we gave you a choice of being immortal, okay, what would be your response? Most people say, oh, I would like to live forever. I mean, even, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos is trying to find a fountain of youth to be able to live forever. But then Neil deGrasse Tyson said something interesting. He said that if I knew that I would never die, what would push me to get out of bed any mornings? Because yeah. we have a goal. We have like, I have a timeline. I don't know what it is. But if I know that my timeline is never ending, then what would really prompt me to get out of bed and accomplish certain goals that I want to accomplish? So that in itself shows that we are somewhat in a hurry to accomplish what we want to accomplish, but in the back of our mind, because of being pushed to accomplish these goals, it increases the stress level and the fear of not accomplishing them. Mm. So then we became, we're going into a hamster wheel, like a vicious cycle that really never ends because if we have that goal in mind and if we don't reach that goal, how does that, how do we project this side of our personality to others? Because we have disclosed what our goals are. So it's like a double-edged sword. Mm. Yeah. I mean, man, if I had the option of living forever and not living forever, I would, I would stick with how nature intended. <laughs> I would stick with like, okay, at one point this will be over. And it does bring a sense of uh, slight mm -hmm. urgency yes. to the whole thing. Um, but I think that's where it's like, man, it's just so important to know that we are a part of nature. And it's so important to know that, you know, yes, 
the goals are amazing. And yes, it's great to go after whatever it is that you're going after. But at the end of the day, like we're just among the trees and we're just among, you know, we're on this earth. I was talking to my best friend and she was like, I think we won. I think this is the only planet with life on it. Like she's so convinced of that. (laughs) And And if you really think about that, we really did win the planet lottery because it's not just a planet with life on it. It's a planet with like so many different species of life mm-hmm. and so many different, um, yeah, so many different creatures. It's like an endless planet. It, it's an actual paradise. So um, yeah, at the end of the day, you have to think back to like where we really are. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And when we look at how m- minuscule we are, compared to the hundreds of billions of galaxies out there. And now with the, the string theory of determining if we are the only universe, you know, or there's actually other universes, other little bubbles, where there's also a hundred billions of galaxies and all, it, it makes you wonder, Do we, are we really the only one out there? Mm-hmm. For that to happen, I know it's definitely divine intervention that these planets were built and why are we the only one with an atmosphere? Okay. I mean, yeah, they could say that Mars did have an atmosphere before it disappeared for whatever it is. And I'm sure that other, I mean, God in himself, and I I don't want to be too uh, secular about that, but I'm sure that there was definitely some power from above that intervened that everything has to be to the micro degree perfection for everything to happen. It's perfection. It's actually perfection. Even Stephen Hawking in his first book, was saying that, you know, he was an atheist and he said that impossible that it was divine intervention. But then in his last book, before he passed away, he did say everything was so perfect that it is impossible to happen by pure coincidence. Wow. Wow. That's that's how he tells us that, you know what? Is it synchronicity? Is it just coincidence? It's hard to say. But then again, that's why we yeah. have quantum theory out there. It's very hard mm. to figure out. And who can really see subatomic particles particles in the universe to say, okay, how do they behave even if they're trillions of miles away from each other? So absolutely. Yeah, it's quantum entanglement. We're getting this is like a whole other, I love it. We're getting into like <laughs> astrophysics, basically. Um no, it's amazing. And it it really makes you wonder as well. Like, I don't know if you know about the double slit experiment. Absolutely. Yep. So interesting that when we observe something, it it genuinely changes. It changes. Mm-hmm. And so that makes you wonder, you know, if we go back to like, when I observe my emotion, what happens? Something is shifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I observe the trees, when I go for my walk, what's going on there? Um, there's so many questions. And sometimes the questions are enough. Like sometimes we don't need to have all the answers, right? I feel like we're such answer-seeking species. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the question is enough to just leave you in awe. Yeah, oh, that, that's for sure. But then, uh, you know, like you said, the, the, the quantum entanglement, quantum physics, uh, quantum mechanics, this is definitely going to be for another podcast. But when, <laughs> yeah. we, go to, when we go back to the actual um, journey to happiness and when you're actually helping your clients reach out to that level, Obviously, each and everyone will have a different definition to what happiness means to them. But then at the same time, are these definitions reachable? Because you could say, well, for me to be happy, I want to be as rich as Elon Musk. 
Mm. How feasible is that? Now, I understand about the laws of attraction, about thoughts become the things that you want. But then again, there's always belief and action between the thoughts and the things that could happen. Mm-hmm. But because of so many self-limiting beliefs that people have and self-sabotaging that they create within themselves, the, 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 the thoughts and belief no longer are in synergy. I get that. Yeah. So the first thing is you'd be surprised at how <laughs> the people that I work with, when I'm sitting across from someone, a lot of their goals are quite simple. They're usually, you know, I want to maybe make this much amount of money so that I can save up so that I can go back and, you know, be in the same town as my family, right? Or I would love to just like have a better relationship with my partner. And and so a lot of the goals that we work on are actually quite simple. And in my eyes, they're completely attainable because what our soul, like I, I, we work on like a mind, body, spirit level. So it's not just mind, body, but what our soul wants is, is like, in my eyes, it's meant to happen. It's destined to happen. And it is a part of our journey to like go through whatever journey that is, um, to experience all the lessons, all of the learnings, all of the healing, all the transformation in order to get to that place that we're wanting to get to. And of course it's all, you know, the journey is what's so important. Um, but that's the, I think that's the difference between just wanting something from the mind versus wanting something from the soul, because when it's coming from the soul, there's a deeper conviction there and we're way more likely to show up. Um, this is also why, like, for example, with my own goals, I have coaches that I work with and they are able to see my blind spots. And I think that's one really powerful thing about coaching, um, as you know, as well, right. It's like, um, having that person who sees you, who actually sees your gifts and who sees where you're going and then encourages you along the way. Like most of us don't have that person in our life. Correct. Right. And even though I love my mom, um, I also don't want her life. And so I, I always love to look up to people who are, you know, not just like living the life that I want to live, but who are, you know, being, in a specific energy that I would love to, you know, mm-hmm. have in my life. So, um, yes, I, there's so much to this, but a lot of it is, is that belief work and really getting down to like, what do I actually believe about myself? There's actually a lot of, uh, I, I didn't realize this going into the coaching stuff, but most people live in a certain, uh, amount of shame. And there's like an underlying shame around I'm not good enough or um, how am I, you know, going to be valuable in this aspect. And so working on those deeper layers and and really transforming and and seeing those layers, I think, is really important in order to actually move forward and see that, oh, like we don't have to have this very deep down level of I'm not good enough. So I'm not going to move forward. Or when you do get everything you want, feeling like you're not deserving of it. Like it's wild how the mind can play tricks on us. I agree. I agree hundred percent. So if let's say our listeners that are really paying attention to what you're saying and all, um, if you would give them just as a free takeout from this uh, podcast, what are the three most important thing that they should focus on 
to be able to start taking a step forward and not really rely on paying too much attention of what others people are doing and start focusing on themselves. So what are the, the three most important things that they could put into practice today? Today. Okay. First thing, know your why. <laughs> You've heard of this. You're, you're nodding. Know your why. You have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Otherwise, you'll take one step forward and then take one step back and do this over and over again and never really move forward. If you don't know why you are doing what you're doing, it will be very difficult for you to show up with that conviction. And so, you know, say you want a million dollars. Great. Know why you want that million dollars. Write out, like go crazy writing out what that would actually do for you. Um, and then, you know, and then you can move towards that. Um, I think that's the very first thing is know your why. Um, the second thing is to know that it's absolutely entirely 100% possible. I don't think we realize how powerful we are as creators. I don't think we realize that. Again, if you observe a particle, it turns into a wave or something. I don't know. I don't know the physics. <laughs> if you observe, that's how freaking powerful we are, right? We're creating all of the time. And so you really understanding that and and knowing your gifts mm -hmm. and knowing what you're bringing to this world like um you know say you're wanting to uh, i have clients who are wanting to you know uh, expand their coaching businesses so the first thing to actually understand is what you are bringing to the world because wow. if we don't understand like what our gifts are and how we're actually going to serve um then how are we ever going to be able to like move forward from that place of authenticity from that place of uh self-belief right sure. so that's a huge huge thing um so self-belief would be the second thing and then the third thing and i think this is um you know up for you know if people like it, they can take it. And if they don't, then they can leave it. This is understanding and knowing and feeling and tuning into the fact that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Not just on a physical level, like, of course, there are a million people around to help. And I always make the joke of, you know, if we were meant to be on this planet alone, we would, we would be alone on this planet, but we're not. So, you know, we're not physically alone, but also, also on a non-physical level. Um, we have an entire cosmos universe energy thing that is here to support us. And you can call that God. You can call that Buddha. You can call that Allah. You can call that anything you want. Some, sometimes I just like to call it life. Like life is here guiding us, supporting us. And when we can tune into that force, the force that literally created all of this perfection, how are you... Um, like, oh my God, we're missing so much if we're missing that point. Yeah. And, and having that, you know, some sort of spiritual practice, some sort of uh, communication with that force um, is, is just next level. It's, it's one of the biggest things that I think has kept me going in my life. Beautiful. So for our listeners, where can they find you to be able to seek your services? Yeah. So go to ramanhari.com. Uh, you can find more about my program, my coaching program. And then I also have a free guide to shift anxiety and stress on there, which is pretty good. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Roman, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners 
with your incredible talent. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 20 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories just like the one that you listen today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Guide others to a rich life of love, freedom, and purpose. Love strengthens connections. Freedom allows exploration. Purpose is a compass, giving action, meaning, and shaping a legacy. Inspire deep connection and nurture relationship filled with love. Encourage freedom and celebrate uniqueness. Lead others to discover their soul-igniting purpose, inspiring goals aligned with inner values. As guides, champion the richness of freedom and purpose, unlocking treasures for a life of joy, connection, and lasting significance. My name is Dr. Dan Emzalag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.